Assalamu alaikum. Just a quick note regarding the audio clip on this one. Unfortunately, there was an issue with the external microphone that I was using, so the audio quality is quite poor, even poorer than usual. So I do apologize for that, but inshallah, I'm looking to improve it going forward. Jazakallah khairan. I just wanted to know can we call the wobblers or not? Yeah, of course you can. You can? Yeah, why not? All right. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Optimized Muslim podcast. So, starting the topic for today is how to disagree effectively. I think we'll all agree that this is definitely a topic that we as Muslims need to think more deeply about because we see all of the disagreements out there, whether it's the major differences or the just the differences regarding issues of fiqh, like moon sightings and beard length and wiggling the finger and the number of rakahs in Tarawih and all this kind of thing and unfortunately it's quite saddening and also laughable as well how people generally treat these differences generally what happens is people look for the straw man argument rather than the steel man argument and that's the topic for the video the topic for the video is when you disagree with someone or when you when you want to know why there's a difference of opinion on any issue and this can apply either in islamic issues or just across life generally and it goes back to husn al as well thinking good of other people rather than assuming that everyone's really dumb and they've got it wrong try to understand their position and the best way of doing that is try to find someone who's educated in that position and ask them the simple question of what's the strongest argument in support of your whatever your argument is or even if someone's telling you um, we do it this way or this is the opinion you should ask them okay so if it's that clear then what's the strongest argument that the other side has to support their position and if someone who's in a position of responsibility whether it's an imam or a community leader or someone who's presenting themselves as educated or knowledgeable in this regard if they can't give you some clear answers with regard to that then it shows a lack of critical thinking and that's, a, that's something that's lacking within the Muslim community. It should be taught in schools, it should be a foundational thing. And if we can internalize this skill, we'll see that it kind of um, uplifts the Ummah generally. Why? Because it's going to uplift and level up the discourse amongst members of the community. At present, we have a massive gap between those who are somewhat educated within anything and the vast majority of people who lack any kind of these skills and that's what causes issues and fighting and tribalism and my sheikh salayan and the, all this kind of nonsense so just to kind of clearly illustrate the point before i go on to kind of explain the idea in more detail say for example yeah it's one of these thick debates about the beard length okay here's a clear example now if you're talking to <coughs> a scholar from the indo-pak region who's who follows a certain way of thinking or school of thought right and a young kid okay not a young kid let's say someone who's 16 or 17 he comes up to the imam or the scholar and says there's a lot of confusion like what's the actual opinion on having a beard now if this imam doesn't understand this and he lacks critical thinking or he's just being intellectually dishonest the imam's going to say all of the scholars have said this all of the scholars have said it has to be a fist length 
and that's it. So the kids going to be thinking, because what we have to understand is we're, we're living in the age of Google now. We're living in the age of um, like a, there's a lot of opinions that people have access to. There's a lot of knowledge that people have access to. It doesn't mean they're going to apply it, but compare it to any time in Islamic history. There's more knowledge out there at people's fingertips on their phones, right? Now, if the Imam just says, oh, well, it's supposed to be this, all the scholars say this, and then the kid says, well, why do a lot of Muslims not say that? Why do they think that it shouldn't be? Or they just say it has to be something that represents a bit, but the length is variable or they have this opinion, or what about all the Muslims that follow this school of thought? And the, the Imam might say something like, or this speaker might say something like, oh, um, misguided, they just don't understand, it's clear, the hadith is clear, let the beard grow, trim the moustache, right? Now, that's what you call, in this day and age, in the age of Google, and in the age of confusion, that's what you call intellectual dishonesty. And it plagues the Ummah, if you think about it, especially with certain Imams from like the Indo-Pak region. And those who are kind of, as much as the social media scholars get a lot of criticism, one positive is they get checked more often. So they kind of, are, they kind of factor it into their arguments, they'll kind of be more open about this kind of thing. But those who are still, a lot of the times, they still have this mentality of like, oh, they're misguided, this person is misguided, if they do two rakas, misguided, when really, all they need to do is just tell the kid, look, there's these differences of opinion, they're not stupid, people aren't stupid. What we've learned from the past, we've seen recently the rise of certain speakers and psychologists and the rise of certain forms of media like podcasts and long-form content that people are not as dumb as originally thought, right? There's people who are interested in kind of deep thinking, critical thinking, all it takes was for the Imam to be open and say these are the opinions, uh, these people say this, these people say that, and the kid will be like, okay, so why do they think that? And the Imam might be like, well, they interpret the Hadith in this way, and some of the, some of the scholars, they said this, and the kid will be like, okay, and that's what you call, that's what you call trying to understand the other side's position by trying to get their best argument, right? If someone says, oh, we believe in Mawlid or we don't believe in Mawlid, whatever the case is yeah and obviously this is a kind of a meta topic that i'm trying to address it's not about the specific issues so i'm not commenting on any kind of specific issues or that's not my place anyway if for example someone's arguing against Mawlid, right and as if it's so clear cut as if everything is so black and white and you say okay what's the strongest argument the other side has come on like let's not be silly anymore you know what i mean like it's the age of anyone can find out the argument so you might as well just be honest and it's not like if you're insecure about the position where it has some kind of emotional attachment to you then okay it might affect you but really it's only going to strengthen your position if you know the strongest argument because then you're going to have a greater level of understanding that you can factor in it's going to give you more persuasive power do you not think that if there's someone who preaches a certain opinion on a specific topic, if he understands all of the arguments from the other side, if you look at some of the polymath scholars of the past, how they addressed the concerns against Islam at the time, the prevailing concerns or the prevailing issues, they used to understand the other side's argument better than the other side. And then that gives you a kind of 
an unbeatable advantage in persuading people of your case right now there's no point making this video that long obviously you get the point what I'm trying to say is when there's a disagreement or when there's a topic you're trying to understand try and get the strongest argument from the other side up your level of understanding and critical thinking right but the reason why this is a bit of like a this is more of a deeper topic than you might originally think is because of the far-ranging consequences if you look at how if you look at the future generations of the kids who are going to be exposed to these ideas a key issue is for example it's um, a Jummah khutbah at a normal masjid right and there's kids sitting there and the imams the imam or the speaker is going on about how these other people are misguided and they don't understand this and they don't understand this and it's clear but they just don't want to follow it they just, they're Muslim but they just don't want to follow it as in like that whole husnudan thing has just gone out of the window right and the kids are listening to this and in their mind they've got these arguments that come up but they're not being addressed so then what happens is the kids are going to look elsewhere for these answers and they're going to if they go online and find a scholar or a speaker that's from a different methodology or whatever that resonates more with their line of thinking then they're going to gravitate towards that and then a good old Mulvi uh, is going to be like but the point is you have to take responsibility for your flock as in this was part of your role unfortunately if you've not trained yourself in critical thinking or perceiving what your audience is thinking then that's not really anyone's fault apart from the leaders a lot of the time it comes back to not being transparent it's not about trying to hide anything it's not like if you say if you explain the position in a certain way and you kind of hide the main argument that the person the kid if he's not curious he's not going to go and find out obviously he is obviously he has access to find out all of this information another thing that they have to understand or the people in the muslim community need to understand is kids are brought up on a diet yeah i know i keep saying kids this is something that i'm quite passionate about because this is what's going to shape our future generation right they're brought up on a diet of empirical thinking or like statistics studies what's the results for this and what's the results now you can disagree with the whole methodology of western education and how it's tailored towards test that's a separate matter when the kids sitting there listening to the khutbah certain things aren't going to resonate with them right so there needs to be a way of connecting the two for example if the imam is going through a poem where the poet is obviously using some extreme form of like poetic license that's only going to resonate with people if they're in this spiritual high flow state and the kids are just listening to these verses and they're like looking at each other thinking what all it takes is for the speaker or the imam to preface it by saying it look this is a poem and generally how people do this they use poetic license and all, all this they're not stupid they understand but then what happens is the kids are going to be listening to that these like crazy sounding verses without the context and then they're going to be like nah i'm not about that life and then goes back to the imam saying everyone be okay so quick video it's just the idea i'm trying to plant in your heads yeah obviously i've spoken about imams and stuff but there's no disrespect intended it's just i'm trying to make the point if you like the if you like the message then obviously like share and subscribe and this will be going out as a podcast as well 
and you can message me on social media with anything related to self-development and books and whatnot. Jazakumullah khairan for listening and um, assalamu alaikum.